episode 113. Bob Nastanovich. This episode 113 of Three Songs Pod. That's right. Bob Nastanovich on the additional percussion there on the intro. How you doing, Bob? Yeah, good. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Mike Hogan here. We're going to play some songs. Let's get right into it. You're starting it, Bob. Yeah, to kick off the show with a band. Um, you've listened to band. Do you have any favorite bands on Slumberland Records? Ooh, the I good don't ones know. there, you know, Velocity Girl and Velo- them. Yeah, Velocity Girl. Um, I liked Hood. There's a lot of good ones. They kind of you know caught you off guard with that one. Hood Hood was a good band. Um, uh, Hood, yeah, great band. No, the, there's tons of great bands. The Springfield, the Springfields. Do you know them? Oh yeah, Lilies for sure. In the, the Lilies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we played much um, Slumberland. They're, they're still going. They've moved. They've relocated at some point from their starting point of the nation's capital to Oakland, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah for some reason, I want to think they even had a small record store in like Berkeley for a little while. Could have done. Yeah, in the in the early nineties. When I was in the Bay Area, I remember them being around. I, I kind of think of them as an American version of Sarah Records. Well, yeah, f- fair enough. I mean, yeah, which um, is a good thing I would to aspire say, to. Like, one of the most unfairly named genres in the history of indie rock would be twee pop, because I never really found, whether I saw them live or listened to them on record, I never really found that many of these bands kind of twee. No. No, especially since most of them, like you know, influenced by bands we love, like Orange Juice and the Jesus Mary Chain, the Pastels, the Shop Assistants. I mean, there's a lot the of Shop noise. You know, might have been like, I mean, like, but Twee is just like Twee, like just like kind of lameness to me. You, you I would know, hate to be called Twee. You know what it is? Like, like I, I think it's this sort of. Um, implied sexism because many of these bands had women involved. Or like, you know, yeah, mixed, you know, like men and women. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, it, I mean, it, I can understand like this band, like, and I don't really mind the, you know, the, the shoegaze because like, you know, at the time it was like, you know, I have no problems with anybody gazing at their feet or down when they play music. So shoegaze is like sure. so general. Sure, sure. Yeah, but you know, you're right. Whatever, like <clears throat> twee pop yeah. is it's an insult, and like I see it as you know they they weren't punk. They weren't like touch and go noise rock. You know, dude rock. You yeah, know, they yeah. Were I guess maybe it was yeah because because like, there was yeah, a girl sub, in the band. Sub, you know? Yeah, so it like to me it always smacked of some sort of like really kind of shitty like pseudo dude like you know implied sexism. I don't know. Like I'm not gonna listen to that. Like that's so twee. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's 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 like bullshit. Like machismo. Like indie rock record store dude. You know tossing off like oh it's not worth your time it's just twee like yeah i say i say bullshit yeah so anyways like at the start of slumberland um they had a great band from uh, it's a dc suburb so silver spring maryland where i've been and um like obviously i grew up in richmond so i'm actually like playing 
some Mid Atlantic rock tonight. All right, um, do it. Why not? No, um, and this you know, this is one of their only releases that's not on Slumberland. It's on a little label, and we all love the little labels because we are the little labels. Right. Whether it be you know Little Brother or Broker's Tip or in this case Audrey's Diary or Ally Records in Raleigh or whatever. This is a great song of theirs by Black Tambourine called Throw Aggie Off the Bridge. A-G-G-I. Throw Aggie Off the Bridge. Which is not tweet. So definitely not Twee. Tell me about them. Tell me. I, I'm t- well, yeah, you know, Pam Barry, you know, she she co-founded Chick Factor. Oh. Gal- Gail O'Hara. Yeah, sure. Of course. And um, Archie Moore played in Velocity Girl. Oh, yeah. 
So was this yeah, I, was this pre-Velocity Girl or was this after? Yeah, you know, during. Okay. Uh, Brian Nelson and Mike Shulman, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a band, it's a band I've always enjoyed, and they, you know, I don't know if they're still at it, but they're still going. But you know, they made a lot of great songs, a lot of EPs, a lot of you know. I'm I'm too lazy to look it up, so you're going to be my Google. Um, when was that recorded, and how many records have they put out? Ninety-one, um, bunch of EP, not much. Okay, very limited. You know, okay. if you on Slumberland, I'm not your Google. I'm just like going off the top of my head. <laughs> That's I'm fair. saying there isn't a whole lot out there, but they've made twenty great songs. You don't need and, to be uh, my Google. I'm just, uh, you know, trying. I mean, they influence a lot of great bands too. You know, Vivian Girls and for uh, sure, even, even Times New Viking. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, that anyone would consider that twee. I mean, it, I think it's just because there's a woman in the band, right? A female perhaps, vocalist. Perhaps. I mean, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. I've said I've said my. But I mean, piece. like, I mean, you know, unrest. I mean, like, did anybody ever call them twee? Yeah, but Mark was. No, I don't think that, I'm not really sure, but like, you know, maybe it's because Mark was a leader. Like, Mark was you know, generally the leader, and so they or didn't like, get. Are you gonna go up to Calvin Johnson and call him twee, or you know, <sighs> yeah. go up to like Toby Vale and call her twee? Right. I mean, they're they're it's it's punk rock, you know. Yeah, that's what for it sure. is. It's punk rock. Yeah, good you songs. Know? I mean, then you gotta you know keep in mind like. You know, the legends that came before them, like Marine Girls and Slits and the Raincoats and like, you know, bands that... Dolly Mixture. Yeah, I mean, like bands that they, you know, I'm you know, sure that they adored for good reasons that we do too. And like, you know, again, we can't make... I, again, like I'm not a songwriter, but <laughs> they were. But uh, I just I, I just always enjoyed that song since the, I probably didn't hear it till the mid 90s but um, it's a it's it's a good song for sure um yeah black tambourine and i i'd never heard it before so you're actually gonna keep us in a similar vibe i i kind of am um i'm in gonna the same g- era like early 90s early 90s this is a band yeah. i'm gonna go with a band that started in yeah i think mid early to mid 90s their first record was 1995 um they often you know, it was. It's weird because they're a band that at oh, the Comic t- Gain. Comic, Comic Gain, Gain is of, the name of the band. Yeah, yeah. I think of. I think of like. Because um, I only know the one John Slade because he was in Huggy Bear. But when I tour managed Huggy Bear in the U.S., I'm playing with the Frumpies. Um, he, I don't know whether it was Fear of Flying, but he wouldn't travel. So hmm. there's five people in Huggy Bear, and um, he wouldn't travel, so he didn't come over. And maybe it's because he's more actively involved with other things. Who knows? But it's like at the time to me, like Comic Game was like very much like you know Ouija. Like you know, I think of right. like Ouija, which of course was you know Ouija started right. Ouija Records. Re- you know? Ouija Records. Indeed. And I know Gary Walker, like you know, you know from from the Rough Trade Shop in Covent Garden, and like you know he did a lot. You know, a lot of bands that you love, Corner Shop. This, like Jacob's Mouse, sure, late Tigre, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Huggy Bear, then, course, weren't like, they? Weren't they on? Um... Oh, Huggy Bear was like one, yeah, one of the. If they're you know a big Ouija band, right? And, sure. Uh, and then, of course, you know, kind of closely associated with Kill Rock Stars, and I think they put out a lot of comic gain stuff. Exactly. I was I was almost going to say Ouija is like the British Kill Rock Stars in a lot of ways in my mind. 
Um, right. But yeah, you know. I know those labels a lot better than Sarah. That's why I couldn't join in with that conversation <laughs> when comparing Slumberland to Sarah. That's okay. That's fair. Right. Um, but yeah, Comic Gain started in the mid 90s, early to mid 90s. Um, first rec, first full length record came out on Ouija in 1995 called uh, Casino Classics. I'll start with a song from that, but they just put out a record last year, um, end of last really? year. Yeah, called Fire Razors Forever. That's really oh, damn cool. good. Like, in the rec, I would say arguably. The albums, the three albums they've put out in the 2010s are better than anything that they've ever done. And this is a band that I've only recently kind of rediscovered. I had Tiger Town Pictures, which was the uh, Kill Rock Stars record. Like, I remember buying singles back in the day. I remember them being a band that was on my radar, but for whatever reason, they never really clicked with me. And I think part of it was what we were talking about earlier. Like they got labeled as twee pop. They got labeled as riot girls. None of that was at all accurate in my mind. Now listening back to them. Well, you're missing out 20 years later. um, Yeah. I mean, I I was one of my favorite records back in the mid nineties. It came out like 93, 94 was their, uh, EP uh, Holloway Sweethearts, which was on Soul Static. Oh yeah, like, Soul Static. That's another great. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, I mean, they were out there, like, and you know, again, like they were like, you know, beloved by like deep digging record shoppers and a great band. And I, I think they played out for sure. They definitely would have played in the Rough Trade Shop for right? sure. And they're a band that I mean has been going for 25 years plus and still making great records and i feel like does not i'm looking forward to hearing their new music because i haven't heard much yeah other music in the last few years so they... you're gonna you're gonna play it early we're gonna play one off casino classics and you're gonna end with one off fire razors forever you're gonna throw one in the middle if 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 you'll indulge me i'll play three i'll play i'll play one off of casino classics to be honest like you know to, to be honest with you mike when have i ever not indulged i know um you know i'm just but i i, I always have to ask for I mean, permission like, why should you ever ask me that question i have uh, because i always want to ask for permission you know i mean yeah. this is this is a uh you know complete consensual show so you, i gotta make sure you're on board um, well, let's, I'll just I'll just respond to that one way. Their 1996 EP was called "Say Yes to International Socialism." Go ahead and hit it. There you go. Okay, so we'll start with Foot Stompers from Casino Classics. Um, then I'll maybe drop one in from the most recent record called "Fire Razors Forever." Called uh, the song's called "Bad Night at the Mustache," and we'll end with one from the 2011 LP, <laughs> "The Howl." Bad Night at the Mustache. I like. That. Yeah. The Howl of the Lonely, Lonely Crowd was the name of that LP, and Weekend Dreams is the name of the song. Um, yeah, I mean, there. We'll talk about it afterwards, but the, like these are just some really, really good songs. Um, and, and triple bub, triple bubs, from, trip, from tri- 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 triple spotlight on three songs. Yeah, and I'm going to skip the intro. This is the first song on Casino Classics. There's a little like intro spoken word thing. Sorry, go listen to it if you want to hear that, but we'll just go right into it. Foot Stompers. Leave open ready, I feel so alone. Now the dance is my home. 
That's a song that gets stuck in my head far too much. Oh, yeah. A lot of hummability there. It's great English rock band comic game. Yeah, I mean, why is this band not huge? Why are we not talking about this band in the same breadth as like, even a band like The Wedding Present or a lot of these like British bands, British indie bands that have been going for years and years? I mean, they just keep putting out great records, and they never. Well, but really... I think I think a lot of it comes down to like um, wanting to keep it that way. Maybe I guess. Yeah, no, like like I don't think I don't think they really care much about marketing. I, 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 mean, I think they kind of like do it for themselves and their fans. Like, I mean, I haven't. It's been a long time before my three or four conversations with John Slade in my life. You know, like. We're talking early '90s. Like these people don't want to be rock stars. They they make music for themselves and their fans. They don't they don't want to make money off of it. Yeah, well, that's that's I mean, fine. Maybe they do. Maybe just like a that's, lot of great bands, they just want to like pay their way. They, like, they at least want to be supported and not have to worry about doing other jobs while I mean, they're they making music. If they wanted to be like Blur or something, then they would have like who knows. Well, I mean, I'm not even talking Blur. I'm just talking about like a lot of times an audience will find a band. You know what I mean? Like if you've been around sure. long enough, like we talked about Beat Happening earlier. Beat Happening, I. I don't know. I'm not even going to talk about how much money they make or record sales or any of that, but like they're a renowned band. I mean, they're considered a groundbreaking indie band. They're considered a band that's well, been they around. were, and they, yeah, you know, they were for sure. Absolutely. And, and you know, at the time they were well, in Great Britain, like, you know, there's a tremendous amount of competition, you know. That's f- yeah, it's fair. I just I, I just, just feel like, like the audience the things, audience you know. needs to find Comic Gain and eventually maybe they will because they keep putting out these really great records on their own terms and they're not Well, that, because that's all they want to do. Yeah, and and I think the audience oh, will they, they eventually find it. Sound aesthetic like they they've kind of kept it consistent as far as I can tell. Again, I'll put them on the list of bands that like you know I haven't paid enough attention to over the last 10 years because I, I, I didn't actually realize they existed still. You know, <laughs> you so like, check again, them out. You know, I mean, so that last song was called Weekend Dreams. It came from a 2011 record. The one prior to that was from Fire, Fire Razors Forever. I, I would say one of the best records of 2019. And that one sounded older than the one from 2011. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And some of the lines, like, like, Cauterize the wounds. I mean, like the chorus. Cauterize the wounds. The chorus of a cor- a catchy. So I've got a dear friend who, like, um, during these times, my dear friend uh, Nasty, we call her Natasha Lund, who like she she manages a sub shop and she sliced her finger off like a week ago, so she had to go to the hospital. Like, not when you want to go to the hospital with a sliced finger. You know? oh. Makes me wince too. No. And, um, so like you know, cauterize like you know, my father suffered from terrible bloody noses. You know, yeah. So I, 
Cauterize means stop the bleeding. Exactly. Cauter- like the chorus, a catchy chorus of cauterize the wounds, you know, like... like no, that, you better cauterize the wounds. That line gets stuck in my head. Cauterize the wounds, our, our religions have caused us. Cauterize the wounds. I just with- think comic game, like, you know, again, I don't know who's writing the words and like, you know... David Feck. Who's singing. Yeah. Main guy's David Main- Feck. I mean, and I don't even know how, how they feel about the fall, but like, you know, this is a band that's like, you know, this English tradition based in like punk and old school punk and like any your own definition of punk and or lo-fi or medium fire, whatever you want to call it, however you want to classify these bands, they start doing a thing that they like and like, I don't even know how often they play live or anything like that, but like, you just you make your music for people who care about your music. You sure, know? sure. So part yeah. of it too with them, I think, is they're also very politically progressive, and that's a oh, large yeah, part of their music. So. You know, like that's a large part of their ethos. And I mean, I mean, it seems like again, like I mean, you just told me about a tonight, fire raises forever, like. I'm sure that has like a tremendous anti-Brexit feel. Oh yeah, I mean that song mentioned Brexit in the, in the song. Um, I actually wrote the lyric down here. I'll, I'll I'll look it up while we're talking. But but I mean the first the first song on Fire Razors for Forever is called "We Are All Fucking Morons." You know, like yeah, <laughs> it's it's a it's like a it. In case you were wondering if if time had softened Comet Gain, the answer was no. Like, they came no, out immediately. Were, and were like, like, yeah, so th- there's a line about Bre- Brexit selfish Tories in in that song that I played, Bad Night at the Mustache. Um, but well, just, one of the beauties of, like, being, like, you know, a rock band is that you can continue to express yourself no matter how, how many people are listening. Yeah, and... You know, yeah, I get so, the sense they don't care, you know, and the fans will find them and the fans should find. I think one of the bees of comic is there's always been a sense of carelessness yeah. about just like, you know, putting out the music, you know, and, and they're hard to pigeonhole. I mean, like, like you know, you're, you're one of the biggest fans of, of the Dutch band, the X of all time. Oh, yeah. You know, the X. I mean, we, they're basically like, you know, a left wing political machine gun of punk rock explosions they're know? an anarchist collective that yeah. that basically started because none of them could play instruments and they drew straws to figure out who would play what instrument exactly um, and i think comic game would be a similar spirit yeah it, it absolutely but and they're they, in the spirit of the axe dog face herman's like you know this is like you know political rocks so like you know, and, part of like in a great way it's like it's you know socialist rock. It's it's not about making money. It's about you know it's about entertaining your audience, whether it's like fifty people or five thousand people. Of course, and that that goes so far only if the songs are good. And the thing with isn't Comet it like Gain, kind of anti-capitalist rock? Isn't it? You know, it, it absolutely is. The thing with Comet Gain is they are still making amazing songs, and throughout their whole twenty-five year career. They've put out, I would say, 10 LPs, maybe, 8 to 10 LPs, all of them consistently good. 
They're a, they're the a band here because I've only heard a few. They're a band that is long overdue for an audience to find them. And I think maybe well, Lord knows you're trying your best on three songs. <laughs> I'm trying our best with the, <laughs> yeah. the, the and five, I have no argument, no argument, but they're fantastic. They're 500 sure listeners that, that might I'm, stumble. I'm disappointed, upon this my, disappointed myself that, you know, well, me I too, me too. Paying this attention is... to them in the nineties. Like, I, you know, once, and I've told you this many times before on this show, like once I stopped being in a band on a regular basis at the end of the 90s, I like kind of stopped paying attention to music for a few years. So I've only like it was a slow process to get back in throughout the first sure. five or six years of the millennium. So sure. Um, yeah. So you miss a lot of stuff and, you know. Comicking over the last decade plus is one of the things I've missed. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, so thank you for thank you for reintroducing this. Same, same with me. They're, they're a band for whatever reason. I had, I think, unfairly, like, not really dismissed, but I just never paid the attention that I think they deserve. And I've only recently, like, completely rediscovered them and been absolutely blown away. They are, they are. Good. They are completely worth revisiting every one of their records. Check them out. Well, I'm definitely going to start with their 2019 album, Fire Razors Forever, that you refer to as one of your favorite albums from last yeah, year. Yeah, start there and work back. Do it. I mean, I mean, if for no other reason, it's got a, it's got a song called Your Life on Your Knees. Um, <laughs> and and, and <laughs> the, the, the one from 2014, Paperback Ghosts, is, is beautiful. I mean, it's like or, orchestral. It's, it's a beautiful record. Um, Their three records from the 2010s are as good, if not better, than anything they've ever done. So start, start current work back. I can't think of any band I would tell you to do that with um especially a band that's been around for 25 years i can't think of any band that i would say start with their latest release but comic game comic well game actually hits. i will play one now okay what do you got and we'll shift we'll wildly shift gears like in terms of rock and roll sound yeah do a band that started in, in like in the right around 2000 early 2000s in baltimore in Mid-Atlantic. Okay. I'm kind of, maybe I'm a little homesick. You know, I miss yeah. my family in Richmond. And so, D.C. and Baltimore, and like, <clears throat> you know, times are tough. Yeah. Everywhere, particularly on the East Coast of the United States. And uh, this is a band that I was, you know, relatively unfamiliar with until a few months ago. Um, again, my ignorance blows my mind. Um <laughs> You know, part of this, like, li- you know, living in whatever. I mean, I've got no excuses, okay? Like, you know, um, I'm perhaps, like, I'll be the first to tell you I, I should always pay more attention to music, but there's there's so much of it. And uh, I said, band called Arboretum. Arboretum, yeah. And uh, I think they put out, like, ten albums, and the last several have been on Thrill Jockey. And this is brand new. This is off their album, Let It All In. Um you you actually can listen to it. Have you heard it before? I have. Yeah, I like it. It's good. Okay, so like the wildly different genres than we played in the our sounds or rock sounds, like and we played in the first um, two artists of the night. That's okay. Um, yeah, this is good. 
in fact, well, this, I love this. This is, and this is uh, a prism in reverse off their album, Let It All In. This is Arboretum.
Yeah, nice song. Yeah. Arboretum. So what do you think of there? Like? They kind of have like, so... Oh. And they get heavier, they get heavier. That's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 almost like a heavier sea and cake. I mean, maybe I'm just thinking that because it's Thrill Jockey, but... Um, no, I just think it's like it's like old school rock. Yeah, yeah. You know, rooted in like, you know, you know, I think of like, again, like, you know, these ears think of like things like Love, you know, Arthur Lee. Sure. Like, you know, it's like, psych, you know, psychedelic rock for like the modern age. There's a like, vibe you know, to them. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just the song. It's hard to present a vibe. It's hard to present a vibe. Yeah. You know? This is like, you know, the work of like, apparently like the mastermind who's been there from day one is a guy named Dave Human. Or Dave, it's H. Hoyman, H E U M A N N. Never met him, don't know how to pronounce his name. But like he's been there from day one. Like, you know, they're working on like, you know, 10 albums, a lot of songs. And that that's 2020. That's, and let it all in. I mean, like, it's it's a great album, great sounding album. Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of power to it, a lot of clarity. And, um, you know, throw them in the, list of a thousand bands that we'd like to see live. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I, I could see that like there's a heaviness to it, but also an openness to it. You know what I mean? It's not like it doesn't feel oppressive. It feels like light but heavy. Well I got a sense from listening to them that they've got the I would imagine they've the dynamics of a live show like really down, like heavy to light, heavy to light. Mm-hmm. You know, like but uh, the guy's got a he's a great singer. One of these days, once when live music happens again, they would be a great band to see live. So, yeah. you and I, Bob, let's make a date. Yeah, well, some someday we'll see live music again, like as we like to see it. But like, who knows? That's right. Soon enough, let's hope. I don't know how it's going to work. It'll I, be a different climate. I don't either. <clears throat> I don't either. You know. It, I have it, no problems, like, you know, going to shows, like, everybody well-masked, as long as, like, they can enjoy live music. I don't, I mean, I, it's just hard, it's hard to even fathom. Sure. Get get your get your face mask on, and let's go see a show. Got a proper one on, too, yeah. you know. Good. Beautiful. That's the thing, like, you know, like, it's like, you know, it's, the face mask is a two-sided thing, like, you know, people need to realize that, like, when... At this point, when you know we're wearing homemade face masks, if you're wearing the face mask, then you're protecting others from yourself. Right. So like, exactly. It's it's less about you so, protecting yourself from breathing in things from other people, and it's more about you protecting other people from what you're putting out. Right. So, like at some point, like you know, once the <laughs> the front lines, the First, the healthcare workers, the first responders need really high quality masks. Like at some point, like once general society has both, then you know, I think that in an ideal world, if you're ever in a cl- crowd of like, you know, 1,200 people again, like it should almost be required, perhaps, you know, which will, which will really cut down on heckling. Possibly. <laughs> Yeah, right. Hey, so it was just kind of like you know, <laughs> you, little, you know, from my standpoint, I'm a little bit worried about that <laughs> myself because, like, 
Um, you want? I you, enjoy heckler spray. You want to know my favorite heckle, Bob? You you'll appreciate this. No more heckler spray. You'll appreciate. Yeah, heckler. There you go. The, the pavement oh, reference. You're gonna come with like your favorite. Um, yeah, heckle of all time. Yeah, oh, this is this is saying a lot. This is this is my favorite one. It's for you going out. To, I can make a top twenty. Going out to you, play something the drummer knows. It's for you, Bob. Yeah. Yeah. Me in particular? Or, or <laughs> no, 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 no. Just a general say? one. It works for any band. But, you know, I mean, I, you as a drummer or as a percussionist, I thought you would appreciate that one. Well, somebody that would never, should never deservedly be called a drummer, <laughs> um, I would say that, because <laughs> you've got to know how to at least play the kick drum if you're called a drummer. Um, I would say this. I would say, like, if if I was heckling alongside the person who said that, I would be like, play one of the guitar players now. <laughs> oh, okay. Fair yeah. enough. All right. <laughs> to hell with the front line, mate. We've got it on the back line, all right? The rhythm section is right. tight. The losers are lost, okay? From what I've seen in my personal experience in music, which is, you know, Basie Pavement and a, and a bunch of other shows, like, you know, we, we take a little pride in the back line that we have our stuff together. That's right. The back line. That's the ba- including, you know, whether it be Gary Young or Brian Kotzer, you know, my dear friend Steve West, like, yep. you know, if they don't carry it, we don't get, we don't have it. It's not our keep fault. It, keep it tight. Keep it tight. Although there are many times I've been in situations at live shows where like we couldn't even hear what song they were playing. And we didn't even know because it didn't tell us, and like we were trying to figure out what song it was. <laughs> right, and which is like a difficult position. So yeah, yeah. Oh well. So give me a give me your line again. Uh, play something the drummer knows. Okay, all right. All right. Well, keep that in mind, Mike. <laughs> keep in mind where your heart is when you see a live show. Uh, I got another. I got in, another. I got another drummer joke. Stage, Do you want another drummer joke, Bob? You want another drummer joke? Sure, go ahead. Hit me with another drummer joke. Yeah. What do you call a drummer without a girlfriend? I don't know. Homeless. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible, Mike. What, what do you have next? <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to play. It's a music show, not like a. Yeah, sorry. Sorry for the bad comedy, guys. Thank God you'll never heckle again. That's right. I will never. Heckle again? Um, How many times have you heckled? No, I never. I'm not. I am not a heckler. I am not a. You're a neckler. I'm a neckler. Yes, I'm a neckler, not a heckler. I'm going to play something from Russia. From I think. Oh, here we go. Back in the time this was recorded, it was still the Soviet Union. Now maybe it was Russia. 1996. It was originally released only on a limited private cassette. It has since been reissued and just came out recently on a label called Night School. Um, Mm. And I, this is a a a Russian duo named um, Svetlana Nianio N I A N I O and Alexandra Yurchenko. Okay. Yes, the pair skaters. The yeah. pair skaters. So- sounds like an ice dancing duo. Um, and this is <laughs> this is a record that that came out 1996. Was recently reissued 2020. Um, 
eight tracks, none of which have names. So I'm going to play the first one. It's called Untitled One. Here you go. Song number one by Svetlana Nurbazi. Yeah.
So I'm, sens- I'm kind of sensing a theme that's coming together on this show, Bob, which is music I'm not. music that sort of defies categorization. Because I don't know, like, <laughs> what would you call that? Is that folk? Is that experimental? I don't know what that was, no. Um, I don't know. I think it's pretty... What did you think of it? Well, I'm thinking, like, how'd you stumble upon that? Uh, you know, I saw... I, mean, I kind of like it. It's, like, it's a good way to, like... It's wake up 10 people that are, you know, crashed on the floor in a room kind of music, you know. Um, I saw a write-up of the reissue, and I went and checked it out. But, you know, it's it's sort of like... I like it. It sounds cool, you know. this It's almost like this ethereal Kate Bush kind of pseudo-folky. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like... Like, but like you know, Russia is a big country. Do you know where these people are from? Like, I you don't know, really like populated I don't, areas. I know like, almost nothing about a massive them. country. I know almost nothing about them. Uh, Ukraine, maybe Is the rest of the world. Ukraine, gonna guess. Yeah, Ukraine, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're you're the educator here because you know. she she I think so. Um, she has a sound SoundCloud page. She's relatively active. She's still posting new tracks, and she's still making music. Um, Good. So you can you can dig that you can check black. her out, Svetlana Nianio. Um, yeah, Svetlana Nianio. Yeah, she's got a Facebook page. Even she's probably she's like more current than I am. I don't even have a Facebook page. <laughs> um, Everybody's current. Um, well, I'll, let's keep it international. Yeah, let's do it. I'll go to the, one of the the queens, like one of the greatest Brazilian singers of all time, like a legend. Uh, absolutely, Elsa Suarez. Yeah, Elsa Suarez. Elsa. Yeah, so I think she's way into her eighties, and this is an album still putting out one of the best. You said one, yeah. You said like the Comic Game record was one of your favorite records of 2019. This is, to me, one of the best records of 2015. Didn't, and and um, didn't she just put out a new record, too? Yeah, she's busy. Yeah. Bless her heart, you know. And um, she's had a very tragic life, but <clears throat> um, we're not going to delve into that now. But this is when she kind of like, um, you know, and she's a very famous artist and born in Rio de Janeiro. And um, again, she's willing to read. She made this around the age of eighty. Yeah, and uh, this is when she kind of took her music to the streets. And this is off her album. Uh, I'll just I'll just do the English translation for you. Uh, the woman of the end of the world, and this song in particular, Maria de Avila Matilde or Matilde, um, basically is about somebody who's been a victim of sexual attack. He's like seeing it again and fending it off. And, uh, it's off the, uh, her 2015 record, which, which achieved some success and, and like hopefully open up doors to a lot of her other music. But, uh, and the whole album's fantastic. It's like a 40 minute album and it's got crazy sounds, but in a lot of different genres, a lot of different Brazilian genres in particular, mixing together, including Vanguard, Paulista and, all kinds of stuff, but like, hey, keep it international. Elsa Suarez. Mm-hmm. 
Cadê meu celular? Eu vou ligar pro 80. Vou entregar teu nome e explicar meu endereço. Aqui você não entra mais, eu digo que não te conheço. E jogo água fervendo se você se aventurar. Eu solto o cachorro e apontando pra você. Eu grito pé, Eu quero ver você pular, você correr na frente dos vizinhos. Você vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim. Cadê meu celular? Eu vou ligar pro 80. Vou entregar teu nome e explicar meu endereço. Aqui você não entra mais, eu digo que não te conheço. E joga água fervendo se você se aventurar. Eu solto o cachorro e apontando pra você. Eu grito peste. Eu quero ver você pular, você correr na frente do vizinho. Você vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim. E quando o samago chegar, eu mostro o rosto no meu braço. Entrega o teu baralho, teu bloco de pule, teu dado chumbado, põe água no bule. Fazendo ofereço um cafezinho, cê vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim. Meu celular, eu vou ligar pro 80. Vou entregar teu nome e explicar meu endereço. Aqui você não entra mais, eu digo que não te conheço. E joga água fervendo se você se aventurar. Eu solto o cachorro e apontando pra você. Eu grito, peste. Eu quero ver você pular, você correr na frente dos vizinhos. Você vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim. E quando tua mãe ligar, eu Digo que é mimado, que é cheio de dengo Mal acostumado, tem nada no tempo Deita, vira e dorme rapidinho Cê vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim Cê vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim Cê vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim Cê vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim Cê vai se arrepender de levantar a mão pra mim Mão cheia de dedo, dedo cheio de unha suja Keeping with the theme, Bob, music that defies easy categorization. Because I think some people would lazily call that world music. Just because, oh, definitely lazily, because that's the only Brazilian piece of work that I'm aware of that's compared been compared to, like, as we mentioned before, the X, yeah, the pop group, Gang Gang of Four, yeah, uh, Tanze, Fela, uh, Fugazi. 
Yeah, there's um, there's this like on, staccato rhythm going on that almost, you know, like post-punk almost vibe to that song. Uh, it's basically like Elsa's attempt to like, you know, deliver a message of, of love to the, the poor people, like, you know, that particularly like, you know, women and black people in Brazil, you know, I mean, this response to like a recession, you know, anti-gay violence, a wave of police brutality. That's not in particular, like apparently in Brazil, like instead of 911, you dial 180 and like, um, I guess like in this particular case, like if you're, that's the only single from the album, but the whole album's great. It's, um, it's basically a story about a woman being attacked and like she calls 180 and you know they're not going to respond so like all you can do is like boil a pot of water and throw it at them oh. you know so yeah. it's pretty intense like wow. um, and all the you buy the record like the translation of all the lyrics are inside obviously all the lyrics on the record are in portuguese and um, it's a very powerful record and should not be overlooked. It's uh, the woman of the end of the world. And she's still with us. Yeah. Um, mujer do fim do mundo. So, Didn't she? Uh, I, I want to say she just put out a record. Um, well, I think she's put out two since then. Yeah. Like but I haven't I, heard them. I haven't heard them. That's the only one I know well. I, she she you know. put out a record. Um, I'm gonna guess end of last year. Um, but I don't know if it's like that. It might like you know. Keep in mind, she's like you know one of the queens of like you know samba music, and you know yeah. she's can generally considered like I think the greatest Brazilian singer of the 20th century. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She put out yeah, a record so like, 2019. So I mean, called- so if you like delve in, like. You'll hear like a lot of traditional samba. Like she's like one of the she's the queen. Yeah, cool. Uh, I, I'm I'm not nearly as familiar with her as I should be. Well, so. me neither. I only really you know know the one record that thankfully landed on you know, in my house. But you know, I mean, I never would have heard of her. Yeah, you know, Born. five years ago. So. 1937 record like you know so cool she's been around she's late 80s cool i will uh i will check her out um so i will end the show with a little bit of a tribute to someone that we lost recently you know we've lost a lot of really good artists recently um and many of them you know will often get their due um through channels with much greater reach than three songs podcast. So, um, you know, I mean, I can mention Bill Withers, I can mention John Prine, I can mention these artists that we lost recently who, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's horrible and sad and, awful and depressing. We're just talking about musical artists too. Like, yeah, musical. Yeah, right. Exactly. But, you know, I mean, there also have been ones that are a little bit more overlooked. And um, one I wanted to play now 
and end the show with is an artist called Christina. Um, her name was Christina Monet Palacci, um, and she was born in 1959. She was 61 years old. She lived in New York City, and she was the first artist on Z Records, Z-E Records, home of Lizzie Mercier de Clue, who we've played, Was Not Was, Kid Creole and the Coconuts, um, James White and the Blacks. Um, we celebrated a lot of Y Records lately, now we're going to Z Records. Z Records was Z Records. a classic New York City um like cross between New York and Brazil. It was also like, you know, a world music label too. Um, and they, they had a partnership with, uh, Island records. Z with the Z and the double Z and the single E, right? Z E. Yes. Z E. Z and the single E. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so Christina, her first release was 1978. It was the first, ever release on Z Records and it was a song called Disco Clone that was produced by us oh, legendary song one Mr. John Cale um yeah and they actually did three versions of it John Cale produced an English version he produced a French version that was the first release in 1978 um and then later there was another remix or second version that was produced where they had uh, an unknown actor doing the the spoken word male part, and uh, that actor was Kevin Klein, who of course went on to much bigger success than that single, or um, or than even Christina went on to. But uh, I'm going to play a song. Double uh, bubbling queens. No, I'm not going to double uh, bubble. Elsa. No, I'm saying Elsa. No, no, I'm saying that. Oh Elsa. yeah, yeah, yeah. Christina yeah. Monet. Chris. Yeah, like. Chris Chris, Powerhouses. Yeah, Elsa and Christina. Yes, that's right. We're, yes. we're ending with a couple queens, um, and I'm going to end two with of the best. I'm going to end with her version of the Lieber and Stoller classic. You know, made popular by Peggy Lee. Is that all there is? This was from a 12 inch that was released in 1980, and the story goes that they issued it. They got approval to cover it. And then when Lieber and Stoller heard this version and heard some of the changes that she made to the lyrics, they sued to get the um, the record pulled. So for a while, it was hard to find because um, they did not want her version out there because... I, yeah, I, bad politics, baby. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, is that all there is? Christina, rest in peace. Yeah, bless her. Yeah, beautiful. She was like that I'll never forget the look on my father's face As he dragged me out of the building and onto the pavement And I stood there shivering in my pajamas And watched the whole world go up in flames And when it was all over I said to myself Is that all there is to a fire? Is that all there is? Is that all there is? 
16 years old, I went to my first nightclub. I was really excited. And there were bored-looking bankers dancing with beautiful models. And there were boys with dyed hair and spandex t-shirts dancing with each other. And as I sat there watching, I felt that something was missing. I don't know what. But when I head home, I said to myself, is
that all there well, is? Well, you know what you should do. You know what, Mike? <laughs> what? I know this show's going a little long. It's okay. But I think it, I think I think it'd be a, a, a severe remiss to not queue up Disco Clone, which she she herself described as like you know the worst song she ever heard. You know. <laughs> okay. Which all yeah. right. I'll and, do the uh, I'll do the English version, the original one produced by John Cale. So we yeah. we can end it with that final word, Miss Christina. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, yeah. Miss Christina. Love you all. Stay safe, sure. everyone. Yeah. We'll do this again soon. Yeah.
but the face was familiar. She's at Disco Flow. See, that was the circular nature of a podcast. That was twee. <laughs> you think? Is that twee? You consider that twee? Yeah. Uh, in a good, in a, yeah, that's twee in a good way. I, I guess so. I, I would call it... Twee not as an insult. I would call it disco, and evidently John Cale said... Twee disco. His his approach was the precision. He wanted He wanted the precision of disco. Like the precision of the instrumentation and the music, like that was his focus. So, I'm happy he was clear minded that day. <laughs> so, all right. T- talk to you later. All right. Love you, Bob. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, sleep well. Love you too. Bye bye. Stay safe, everyone.